T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Welcome, everyone. Welcome back to Steel Talk. And I'm your host, Geraldine Steele. It is what I love to do on a Sunday night is be here with you and Thank you for sticking and staying with us. Of course, one of the voices you will hear tonight, as usual, is Jonathan Lowe. Of course, we um, have not worked together for what? I think we missed a Sunday together, Jonathan, but it's so good to hear that you're back and I'm back and I'm really excited to be here with you tonight. How are you doing? I'm I'm doing uh, better. I was off a couple weeks ago. I had uh, gotten sick, so I uh, didn't want to... Uh, get anybody else sick around here. So two weeks ago I took off, and then last week you were uh, off. Uh, so yes, this has been the first. This is the first time we've been on the opposite sides of the board in about three weeks. Yeah, it's so true. But it's really good to hear your voice. You know, I had a chance to go to New York just to see the play. Um, uh, a beautiful noise, um, the Neil Diamond story. And of course, the day after I saw it, Neil Diamond was actually on the stage singing after the show was over. And I just wish I could have been there that day to see him. But the music is so popular, so wildly popular. It's been selling out. People have been coming to this show. It's incredible, by the way. I was just stunned. And I'm sitting out in the audience with just around people I don't know, some people I do know, and we're all singing Neil Diamond songs. Oh, Jonathan, it was a blast. Do you like Neil Diamond songs? Yeah, I <laughs> I'm not the, I'm, I you know, there, there are a lot of people out there that are huge Neil Diamond fans. I'm not a huge, you know, they, they, they're cool. They're good. Let me tell you something. Everybody in that audience, from children to grandpas and grandmas, right, were singing these songs. Even the children knew some of the songs. And it was really quite remarkable to know that those decades that have passed have really, truly affected those little ones or the younger children or the teenagers. And they're all singing it together with their grandparents and their parents. I just thought it was an awesome, awesome night. And the guy that's singing all the songs, he has really developed that whole Neil Diamond feel, right? Um, so listening to him, it almost sounded like Neil Diamond, just almost. So I, I cannot tell you how much fun I had in New York just a weekend. I came in on Friday, left early on Sunday morning, and it, I, I feel like I was there for a week. I had a blast. So thank goodness I made it back safely. Sounds like a fun time. I'm, I'm glad Neil Diamond time. has a market all these years later. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. He's an American <laughs> treasure. He is. He really is. But, he really but, is. You know, he's, he's all right. But the critics in New York did not like the show very much. And then all the other critics all around the world are just raving about it and it's selling out every night. And I'm thinking, somebody had it wrong. (laughs) 
right? Because the story was really special. I loved how they developed this piece. I loved how it came to fruition. And people just love it. Absolutely love it. I mean, I would actually talk to a few of my girlfriends and go, hey, you want to go out there and see this piece? That's how great it was to me. And I don't own one Neil Diamond album. Can I just say? The bottom line is that you've got that you know, a little thing in your head that just keeps singing that song like Caroline. You bring up Caroline, and it's just like, it's not going to be out of your head for three days. That's the bottom line. Oh. So is there any Neil Diamond song that you like? I'm, I'm cool with Sweet Caroline. I'm cool with America. You know, like I said, I'm cool. It's, it's, it's all good. Okay. <laughs> would you like to know how many songs he has written? Oh, he's probably written. I, I, I would not be surprised if he's written, if he has written because mm-hmm. not just his songs, but songs he's written for other people. I wouldn't be surprised if it's over 600, 700, maybe near 1,000. I wouldn't be surprised. Right. Um, here's the thing that surprised me is that Neil Diamond wrote for so many people, and a lot of us don't know about just like you said. Um, but also, he wrote songs, and sometimes he uh, would start it and say, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to record this, I'm going to record this. And other times he said, nah, not that one. And each one of them had a really important piece in the show. And I think, how many songs did we hear in that play? I really don't remember. But, oh, my gosh, it was so much fun. And I think you would have a good time. I'm sure I'd have a I good, laugh when I say that. I'm sure I'd have a good time seeing it. It, it. I think if nothing else, you get swept up in the momentum of the crowd and uh, the 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 feelings of the crowd. If you're not if that show is not for you and you're going to come away with a bah humbug type of attitude, uh-huh. then I would just say just just go. Just don't stay because those are the type of shows that you're going to get a whole lot. Like you said. People are paying to go see Neil Diamond. They're not paying to say, <clears throat> excuse me, to, to go for an experience that's outside of, of the subject matter. They're not right. going to say, oh, the musicianship of, of this person or, you know, dance numbers or I, I really like the intellectual uh, fodder of that entire piece. No, they're going because they love Neil Diamond and they want they to do. see – his work and his life basically yeah, they, characterized on stage. Exactly. That's exactly what it was. And the set design, by the way, was very interesting, and I loved it as well. So I will tell you that he has sold more than 130 million records worldwide. Wide. 130 million records worldwide. That's just amazing, making him one of the best-selling music artists in history. Now, Billboard ranked him as the 25th greatest artist of all time, and that's according to the Recording Industry Association of America. Um, Neil Diamond has sold 49.5 million albums in the United States, just the United States, right? I mean, he's the only artist to score a top 20 hit in every decade since the creation of Billboard's adult contemporary chart. Enough said. Like I said, he's an American treasure. (laughs) See, but that's your way of saying they owed. (laughs) No, 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 no. No, you can become an American treasure just by the impact that you have on the on the people's lives, on what some people would call the zeitgeist. Um, right. You know, Neil Neil Diamond is a part of the American history and music. Now, and you said, you know, twenty five 
to to be in the top twenty five artists of what was it you said Billboard's chart, a uh, Billboard's list, or yeah. was it mm-hmm. yeah to be mm-hmm. in the top twenty five of that list when it's been around for decades? You know how many mm-hmm. artists have not only charted, not just the ones that have charted on Billboard, but all the artists that never chart on Billboard. You know, for every Neil Diamond, how many underground artists, how many artists that are more of a local or regional name are there that basically either were inspired by him and, and have the same type of musical taste or uh, they, they, they write similarly or something of that nature. Um, yeah. It's the, to be in that top echelon of artists that have been recorded that have music out there. That's a really special thing. It is. Yeah, and I've I've gone to see to see some artists, man, in the past. You know, even Motown uh, performers. And I must say, I am not the one that usually screams out loud, unless it's an artist that I just absolutely love. And I can't say that I loved Neil Bi- Neil Diamond's um, songs, the songs that he did, even the soundtrack. Remember, he did two soundtrack albums for the jazz singer and Jonathan Livingston Siegel. Um, you know, you can go over and over his work, but it really is like a what do you call it? When people can't get it out of their minds, there's a <laughs> it's a name for that. Earworms. There you go. It's an earworm, man. It's it stayed. I tell you that sweet Caroline was in my my head, and you know, long after I got home. So <laughs> there you go. So he's very accomplished. He really is. And I'm surprised at how much I loved this piece. I I am surprised. I knew it was going to be good. I had no idea it was going to be great. So I really hope people will go and just keep coming because they're really selling out every night. It's just such a blast. So there you go. Come on, Jonathan. You can go. Just bring a couple of friends and go. I'm I'm just going to leave <laughs> the tickets available for the people that want to go and see Neil and love Neil much more than I do. Um, I'm just going to leave that open. I'm not going to take up any of their space or their tickets. I'm going to leave I it see. all open to them. That's how That's how gracious I am. Okay, thank you so much for sharing that. By the way, we're going to take a break here in just a moment. I do want to let you know that we're going to talk a little bit about what is the deal with body cams and police officers? What is it? You constantly hear about the parents calling for the police to show them the video, show them the video. They're supposed to wear these vests with the with the cameras in them, yet people don't get to see them. They're sent really fast to what is that called, the BDA or the ADB or well, whatever that here, is. Here it's, town. Well, here it's the B, in Minnesota, it's the BCA, it's the Bureau of the Criminal. BCA, thank you. Bureau mm-hmm. of Criminal, um, not apprehension. Is Isn't it administ? It's either administration or apprehension. I'll, I'll look I that up during the break. I think so. Yeah. So let's take a break, and we'll be back. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. 
And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. It is now 721. Welcome back, everyone, to Steel Talk, and I'm your host, Geraldine Steele. It is what I love to do, is be here with you on a Sunday night, and I tell you, uh, we just heard at the beginning of tonight's show, we were listening to some of the news bits that we have here at CCO, and one of the really important one was about um, these body cams that the police officers use, and we've heard about it over the years so much, and then all of a sudden it calms down a little bit until something happens, and the family can't get the, can't get the, um, the video, the uh, lawyers can't get the videos. They have to really go after it and stay on top of it until they get it. It really blows my mind. And here I read today, Jonathan, that um, when it comes to requesting the dash cam footage, what you have to do, it's, it's under data protection legislation. And so the police officers must inform people that they're being filmed wherever possible. And the cameras feature a flashing red light to warn when recording is taking place. So that's one of the things um, families can do to help get this back because you're supposed to, they're supposed to inform anyone, anyone, you know, that they're chasing, they're supposed to inform them and the family families that, hey, we are, we filmed them or we are being filmed. They're supposed to do that. Yet we still hear so many problems about, you know, an encounter with police officers and there's no video cam. And and I I can't believe that. It seems like it should be every time. Um, So it kind of blows my mind. When, as an African-American man, um, I know that you are very cautious, just like all the other black men that I know in my in my family as well as my son. And I'm just blown away how cautious they are. Yet these things still happen to people who are cautious. Just blows my mind. What do you say? It's it's a situation where you're a lot of times people are not trying to they're they're not trying to get in that situation. When you talk about cautiousness. You're talking about taking steps to make sure that you don't put yourself in that position. But people are it, – it's tough to explain because people, people will do things in the, in the hope of, okay, I hope I do everything right. And it may take 15 steps to get everything right. And if two of those steps go wrong, then everything goes wrong. Everything That's goes right. haywire. And what so, are those two steps? You would you admit what those are? No, I. I it, it could be anything. I'm just. I'm just saying. It, if you. If you're saying I want to do everything right, and I have these seven, eight, ten, twelve steps to do everything right, but then one of those steps goes wrong, it could mess up everything. It could mess up the whole track of everything. Everything in the result ending up well for you, and so. It's it's difficult to 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 I I I want to say this I've been fortunate enough to not been put in that situation where the police need to have their camera on to and and need to tell me that things things are being recorded, but the way that things have started to change 
in the world of policing, I think it's imperative, I think it's important that you have to be upfront and you have to make sure, not just for the for the potential suspect, but for the officer themselves, that you are recording everything to the best of your ability so that everything can be told, every all the truth can be told and, and be, be, be placed out there. And I don't know if that happens. It, well, I should say it's been proven that it doesn't happen in every situation. There are, there are times when camp body cameras have been turned off and it's been a detriment to not just the person that ends up getting harmed, but also the police officer themselves. Yeah, but I don't understand. We were told a long time ago that when it comes to body cams uh, for the police, they're supposed to be on. Right. Yes. However, we keep hearing more and more about these situations where, oh, I'm so sorry the camera wasn't on. I forgot. You know, that kind of attitude. I don't understand that. If it's mandatory, make it mandatory. If the, if the, the, the police officers don't have it, because it's supposed to be for them to be able to show their truth. Right. Yes. Because yes. so many times the parents or the friends come out and they say, no, you did not treat them right. I saw it this way. The body cams are supposed to give us the truth. Yet so many times we hear from police officers, oh, I didn't have it on or, you know, in different in different um, states, cities, communities, neighborhoods, you name it. We, we start to hear something. Oh, I forgot to turn it on. Do you really? Do you really? And, uh, and my understanding is the company Lenslock. Um, their body cams, once they are turned on, they're on for 12, I think it is, 12 hours of continuous recording time. Well, then how, how is it that you don't get to have just about everything on there? And so many times we hear, I'm oh, so sorry, I forgot to turn it on, or, or we haven't found it yet, or it was blurry. And we were talking about the BC, BCA. So tell me, um, what, what does that stand for again? I know it's apprehension. Yeah, it's Bu- um, the Bureau of Criminal Apprehension, and that's, that's just it. a Minnesota thing. So right. in other states, you'll it's have... It's just a Minnesota thing? It's yeah, not all over the country? It, it, I think it's, you have similar groups all over the country, but they're named different things. When you're talking specifically about the BCA, that is yeah. a strictly Minnesota organization. I believe, there really? are similar or, I believe there are similar organizations across the country. They're just named differently. They're not all named Bureau of Criminal Apprehension. Really? I'm surprised at that. I thought it was the BCA everywhere. No, no. Um, <laughs> let me see if I can find a similar, like in Wisconsin or the Dakotas or Iowa, let me see if I can find a similar group and what they're called. Okay. And of course, we only have a, a couple of minutes to even talk about this. So I want to let you know that our first guest tonight is Tori Hansen. She's the Senior Corporate Project Planner uh, for Hands-On Twin Cities. And if you don't know what Hands-On Twin Cities is, I encourage you to go to Hands on TwinCities.org and check it out because what they do is quite interesting. I'm looking forward to talking to her about it, especially during this this whole season uh, of Christmas and holidays. I mean, there's so many holidays that people are celebrating in December, and I'm so looking forward to Christmas Eve and Christmas Day and all of it. I'm just really looking forward to it. And I hope you all are too, whether it's um, some of the other sacred um, faiths and you say, hey, I want to I really participate in that. I want to do that this year because it's been a while for me. It's been a while for me to be in church um, the, of Christmas Eve or any of the days before. So I'm, I'm really going to try to do that. I remember one time going to the Basilica to hear something, and f- forgive me, it was something during Christmas, and I can't remember 
remember which day it was, but I do remember being in that space um, with another family and really enjoying it, learning a whole lot about it. And just recently, our my the Steels, my family, we had a chance to sing at the Basilica, and it's been a very, very long time since we have been able to do that. And it kind of reminded me of that time. So there you go. All right, Jonathan, are you there? Did you find anything? Yeah. Uh, again, this is going to be a Wikipedia page, so grain of salt. But I they know. they do have a list of of they, basically what they call them as a group are state bureaus state bureaus of investigation or SBIs. So in Wisconsin, it's called the Division of Criminal Investigation. In Iowa, uh, from what I'm seeing here again on Wikipedia, it's called the D- Division of Criminal Investigation. In Kansas, it's the Kansas Bureau of Investigation. So it's it's that same flashpoint of a state bureau of investigation, but it is called something different in each state. How about that? That's that's good to know. I did not know that. I thought it was the BCA just about everywhere. So there you go. All right, we're going to take a break and come back with some weather soon. We'll be back. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to Steel Talk, and I am your host, Geraldine Steele, and I'm excited to for my first guest tonight. Her name is Tori Hansen, Senior Corporate Project Planner for Hands-On Twin Cities. I've never heard about it. Now, during this holiday season, many people are looking for those great gifts to give to their loved ones. And uh, we're going to dig into that later in the show. But right now, um, though we focus, though we focus on another type of giving, the holidays are a good time to share our time and fortunes with others. So, what are some of the ways that you can give back to others? Well, Hands On Twin Cities provides connections to volunteer opportunities around the metro. And to learn more about this organization, we welcome Senior Corporate Project Planner. Tori Hansen, and she joins us now on the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline. Hey, now, how are you, Tori? Good, how are you? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for sticking and staying with us or waiting uh, with us as we move forward tonight. Um, Hands On Twin Cities. I went to the website, handsontwincities.org, and I started to learn about volunteering. This is an organization that has a lot to do with volunteers, correct? Yeah, we are the volunteer connector in the Twin Cities. Our mission is to inspire, equip, and mobilize a movement of people to make a positive difference through the community, um, through engagement and service, and volunteers are a great way to do that. Who are your partners that you work with to help um, get this, this, <laughs> this whole group of people to really get out there and volunteer? Yeah, we are truly a connector, so we are an intermediary We work with hundreds of nonprofits, corporate groups, individual volunteers who are wanting to give back both in the holiday season and throughout the year. So kind of everyone is our partner, which is really fun space to work in, um, just really bringing people together. What I love was some of your pictures that I had a chance to see, and they're of all ages. You've got young people there. You've got older people there that are really waiting um, to, to give their gifts when it comes to volunteering. Um, have, have those large groups of volunteers grown since your inception? Yes. So we are 103 years old, which is amazing. Mm. So we've had lots of growth throughout our lifespan as an organization We've seen lots of changes throughout the volunteer sector, um, especially as we ease out of the pandemic. We're seeing groups being willing to come back in person, um, wanting to get together again to volunteer and get back together to um, network and just 
uh, celebrate being together again. And what a better way to do that than to go out and help someone else or an organization that really needs some hands. You know, the thing for me is I really wanted to talk to you guys tonight because I'd never heard of you before. And yet you are touching so many lives and getting so many volunteers involved. Um, Do you also feel as though a lot of Minnesotans really don't know a lot about you? Yes, we joke that we're the best kept secret in the Twin Cities, but we are working (laughs) to change that. Um, Our website is such a powerful tool for anyone. It's free for nonprofits to post. Their needs, it's also free for anyone to use as they're looking for volunteer opportunities. The Twin Cities is the number one metro area for volunteerism, and we're so proud of that fact. But that also makes it a little intimidating sometimes to try and find a volunteer opportunity that's a good fit for you. So our website has a searchable database feature. So you can search by a zip code. You can search by a date if you know you want to volunteer on a certain day. If you know you want to volunteer in a certain cause area, for example, you want to volunteer with seniors or you want to volunteer with youth or animals, um, all of those are search engines that you can put in. You can put in an age restriction if you want to volunteer with young folks. You can put in um, wheelchair accessible if you need that accommodation. There's so many options that you can put into that, and it really helps narrow down what would be a good fit for you. You know, on your website, it says that you are committed to shifting the culture of volunteerism volunteerism, to be more inclusive, anti-racist, and rooted in an understanding of power and privilege to create more equitable communities. How is that going? It's hard work. Um, The volunteerism space has a lot of unlearning to do and a lot of unconscious bias in it. But we are committed to the work. Our partners are committed to the work. We have a lot of folks who are excited um, about the the things that we are doing. We have a podcast on our website that has some really amazing um, content around this issue. We also have a few panels that we've done. Our bold conversations really dive into the power dynamics that exist within the volunteerism sector, how saviorism plays into volunteerism and how it's really on the individual volunteer to combat those and educate ourselves before we enter communities to volunteer so that we're not perpetuating the harm that has been done to those communities. What are the ages that you're looking for in um, a group of volunteers? We are open I mean, what's, what's to the What's the one that really matters? Anyone, any age. Um, I always say you are never too young or too old to volunteer as long as you're finding something that is a good fit for you. Um, And we have opportunities on our website that are great for young folks with families, um, things you can do at home if you're not comfortable going out into the community at any point. Um, We have at-home volunteer guides that make it really easy to give back um, from the comfort of your own home. just so many things. There's lots of virtual opportunities still where if you're not feeling like you want to venture out yet for whatever reason, um, lots of our seniors need phone calls and all of that. So um, honestly, any age, uh, we welcome those and we are partners. Each one has a little bit of a different um, requirement on their age groups, but there's an opportunity for every single person in our community. 
Can I just say that I'm standing a little bit taller because there is mostly, almost all of those (laughs) that are employed there um, are women. It's only a couple of men on it. And of course, the board of directors, I've been going through that as well. Has it been difficult through the last years, the last, I'll say the the last 10 years, has it been at all difficult for you for all the things that have been going on in a nation that have challenged all of us? Has it been difficult to get the volunteers? I think the pandemic made it challenging for every nonprofit to connect with volunteers, but we really saw people have a deep, deep longing for connection during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Uh, We engaged just as many volunteers um, and they were just as dedicated. We had to get creative about what volunteering looked like as did many, all of our partners. Um, But people were longing for that way to connect with their community. And so um, we are so proud of our community here and our volunteers and spirit. Um, And we saw that shine through. It's been so interesting because so many people are asking for more volunteers. So many nonprofits need them so desperately. Yet, if it seems as though um, the youngest generation of of um, young people, especially those that are between eighteen and you know thirty five, it's been really hard to get some to to get involved. And others have been involved for even longer than that. So, what have been some of the tools that you use to try to make sure that we can get as many of them as possible to volunteer for this organization? Yeah, we're seeing that the youngest generation, Gen Z, is uh, engages differently than the other generations that we have previously worked with. So getting creative on how to communicate with that generation and the younger folks in our community and really recreating what volunteerism can look like. We know it's not just going out to a food shelf and packing food. That's incredibly important, and we We'll always need that. But volunteerism also looks like um, advocacy work and education and shopping local and voting. So just getting more creative on what we consider volunteerism, widening that scope to make it more inclusive so that everyone feels like they can connect with that word of volunteerism because the work is happening. Sometimes we just don't think of it as volunteerism because it's not the way we traditionally think of that. You know, the work that you're speaking of is really quite powerful, yet there are so many people who are walking away from jobs, not applying for so many jobs. I mean, there are corporations that still need a lot of employees. And as we sit back and we look at that, some people complain and say, oh, these are just lazy young people. It's not. They want to make sure they get a living wage, a living wage. And here you have so many volunteers that are dedicated to you. How long would you say, do you know the volunteer that has been with you the longest? And if so, how many years? You know, I don't know that. A lot of our volunteers just go through us to find another volunteer opportunity. We're really that connector. Um, But I know there are people who have been volunteering their entire lives, um, and those people are such an inspiration. Yeah, the United States, you know, we are known for volunteering, right? Um, I just volunteered the other day with an organization that I just got associated with. And I cannot tell you how wonderful it was, how great it felt to just, it's like a family. It becomes like your family when you're there. Even if you don't see the same people every time, it's something really special about being connected to a nonprofit. Um, so I just want to make sure I know and understand this. You, you not only work with nonprofits, but you also work with corporations, correct? Yes, we do. And so is there a difference in how you train those for nonprofits and train those for corporations? 
corporate groups tend to be groups who are volunteering together. Um, and so we look for opportunities where they can go as a team um, to volunteer. And we do all of that heavy lifting for the nonprofit, knowing that they have a full-time plus job. Um, and sometimes those volunteer groups are incredibly helpful and also take a lot of time to create a meaningful opportunity for them. So our team goes in um, and does all of that legwork behind the scene to make sure that everyone has what they need to volunteer. And we have two ways of engaging primarily with corporate groups. We have the corporate projects team that I am on. We do that more traditional volunteering where we will go and uh, paint walls and beautify landscapes and remove invasive species, or we will pack kits for nonprofits. We also have a pro bono program which uh, connects skills-based volunteers to nonprofits who are looking for some of those skills that corporate groups really have, um, and they can work deeply with an, a nonprofit or a BIPOC-owned small business to address the challenge that they are facing and share some of the knowledge that they have from their day job, um, and that's a really powerful connection as well. My final question for you, Tori. Um, of course, on your website, it says dig deeper when you have the options on what to click on. Of course, that really yeah. piqued my interest, right? <laughs> and it's called One City, Two Realities. And you say here on your website, help us get past Minnesota nice and into the place where we can address the systemic inequality in our community head on. First of all, I applaud you for that. And I just want to know how it's going. Yeah, it's going really well. One City, Two Realities is an incredible experience. It's a virtual ex exhibition space. It's actually the world's first virtual reality or virtual exhibition space. Um, and it tells the story of how living in Minneapolis is a very different experience if you are a person of color versus if you are a white-bodied person. And it opened my eyes to a lot of things. There were a lot of things in there that I'd seen the statistic before or I'd heard the statistic before, but I hadn't stopped to think about how pervasive it is and how much um, the deck is stacked against people of color and how many barriers exist in Minneapolis alone. So it was truly eye-opening for me, and I recommend it for everyone to go through um, it's a cool, it's like, a, it's like going through a museum on your computer. So definitely recommend that. Um, if you're interested in learning more, we would love to have you reach out because like I said, it's a really cool experience. And is this something that you talk to the volunteers about? Yeah, we try and loop in racial equity conversations to all of our volunteer groups um, as it pertains to the volunteer opportunity um, talking about system or systemic inequality and why nonprofits exist in the first place. Right. Our whole sector exists because of inequality. So digging deeper, like it says on the website, is super important. So it's not just, oh, yeah, I packed a sandwich today and helped someone eat, thinking about why someone doesn't have access to food. I'm so glad you do what you do. It's important and it matters. Thank you so much for joining us tonight, Tori. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having us. Okay, you take care. Thanks. Now, if people want more information, all you have to do is go to hands on twin cities dot org. Hands 
on TwinCities.org and learn as much as you can about it. That was Tori Hansen, Senior Corporate Project Planner of Hands-On Twin Cities. And uh, here we are talking about volunteers. They are very good at getting volunteers. And that's wonderful because these days, you know, people, not only employees are having a hard time hiring people because not a lot of people are applying, but also volunteers. It's not easy to get volunteers sometimes. And when you do, when you really get a chance to, to see how important it is, my goodness, I, I have to tell you, I just, I told her <laughs> just a moment ago, I had a chance to join a, another organization, Girls in Action and Power of the People, and I had such a great time volunteering again. It just felt good, and I hope others will do the same. All right, we're going to take a break, and we'll be back in a moment. Welcome back, everyone. It is now 7.55 here at WCCO. You are listening to Steel Talking, and I'm your host, Geraldine Steele. And as we wrap up this hour, I was curious to look up, Jonathan, exactly why it's difficult to retain the retention of volunteers. It's really hard to retain them. And I'm just curious to know about that. One company says, well, how do you attract and retain volunteers? You encourage emotional investment. People are willing to help when they are invested in the cause. Number two, ask personally. You know, ask them personally would they be a part of it. Number three, be specific. Number four, match people with opportunity. Wow, that can't be easy. Number five, provide event specifics. Number six, share the chain of command. Oh, wow. Number seven, receive volunteer input. And number eight is to thank them. And I do agree with most of this list. Do you? It sounds, it sounds, like what you should do. Um, I, again, I have never been in the business, uh, or not the business, in the in the position to tell people or put people in position to volunteer. Um, I shouldn't say never. I think I might have done that back in high school, but that was that was a different situation. Um, it's it can be difficult to get people to volunteer and give of their time and give of their resources. Um, I just think it's it's. People who go out and do that are usually the best of us all. And, yeah, I agree with that. And it's like so, a godsend, you know. <laughs> and so it's that's a, a rare breed. It really is a rare breed. I agree with that, but I do love it. The the people that volunteered at the event that I did the other day for Girls in Action and Power of the People, it really was remarkable um, how they really just held, they stuck in there and they were there from noon to four, I think it was. And it was amazing. I loved it. So thank you so much to Girls in Action and uh, Verna, Dr. Verna Price. Thank you so much for inviting me to be a part of that. All right, everyone, the eight o'clock hour is coming up. And our first guest is Dr. Luigi Romolo, Minnesota State Climatologist. A lot to talk about. We'll be back. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. 
Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 